just this past Saturday, Mark. Yes. Less than a week ago. Can you believe it? Yeah. Um, you and I were taken on a journey to a very spooky site outside of Birmingham by our dear friends, Sam, Richard, and Jen. Yep. Um, and it's actually a place I've considered discussing on the show before, but hadn't gotten around to it. So it's very cool that we actually got to go and see it. Was that less than and a week ago? It was, yes. I mean, not when the podcast comes out. being but... wild. Yeah, today it is. Less than a week ago, we were hanging out. I know it's become like a fucking me-me thing to say that time is meaningless, but it, it really mm. is, isn't it? I mean, what is. what is ancient feels recent. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, this week a lot of people are saying that, you know, 20 years ago was actually the year 2000 and not 1980. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What? Yeah, That's I know. ridiculous. It's fucked. It's fucked. That can't be real. Yeah, so th that feels way, way, way more recent than it was. Uh, but there we go. It was a lovely day, wasn't it? A lovely walk, a lovely hike, lovely it's, surroundings. Well, well my body yeah, is still recovering so from <laughs> wearing a dress and walking through a lot mm. of stinking nettle. Um, there's scabs everywhere, rashes everywhere. But it was very pretty, uh, <laughs> even if my body is not now. Scabs everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Really just painting a really sexy picture for our listeners oh, of my current scabby. condition. So try not to stumble, people mm. at home. Anyways, the place I'm talking about, of course, is the Witchbury Obelisk in Hagley. Mm. A very cool obelisk, I might add. And I believe you called it the best obelisk you'd ever seen. It's a Well, I've had some time to reflect on that. And it's among the best Ooh. obelisks I've ever okay, seen. Fair enough. Right? Um, but it is a belter. It's... Uh, look, I'm somebody who enjoys, uh, you, you'll probably know that I'm a droner, I like to fly my drone about, I love the perspective that aerial photography gives one, and uh, a, a, a landmark like that, it sticks out so starkly against this, un, mm -hmm. this pristine, uh, unmarred landscape, it just, it draws your eye, it draws your attention, it draws the mind, what the fuck is it doing there, who the fuck, that would have taken some effort, some enterprise to build. Nobody just threw that up in a day. You had to really want mm. that thing to be there. But why? Why is it there? Um, it's it's as much what it represents, the head scratching kind of, what the, why, than, than anything else. I loved it. It was great to be there. And I wish that I had looked up for you why it is there. Mm. But that's not the point of this story. So I did not do that. Uh, and it shall remain a mystery for the time being. Mm. But it is, that's a perfect description of it. And uh, really beautiful, beautiful surroundings. Uh, lots of cows. Uh, <laughs> and lots I of cow you shit. first thing. Yeah. Yeah. You first thing took one for the team, stepped yep. in some cow shit. Literally so the, the first step uh, on a, a really, really nice pair of uh, Star Wars uh, Adidas trainers up to the fucking heel in cow shit. So there we go. Yeah. So that happened. Um, so yeah, we went to this obelisk, and obviously, uh, as you'll see in pictures forthcoming, um, you could see spray-painted on the side of this obelisk the words, Who put Bella in the Witch Elm? Which is, you know, spooky on its face. Mm. Uh, but you, Mark, don't actually know much about the story behind that phrase, do you? I don't. Uh, uh, Rich gave me a potted, uh, <clears throat> kind of a Cliff's Notes version of it. Um, yes. But no, uh, um, I am. A, uh, there are several of these uh, that I know of dotted around Britain, right? Graffiti slogans that people keep coming back to and refreshing. I love yes. uh, community graffiti that just, you know, by uh, just through the passage of time has become a permanent fixture 
in in the surroundings there's a beautiful example on the way on the drive up to Aberystwyth my my you know my uni town where I, I laid down semi-permanent routes there's a rock and anyone listening to this who knows the area knows exactly to what I refer there is a rock on the roadside uh, about two-thirds of the drive uh, there that simply says Elvis <laughs> yeah I don't know what I was expecting but that wasn't it it simply says Elvis and I know right now it's there right now and it'll be there 50 years from now and people will be coming back to it and will be spraying the word Elvis over and over and over again on that rock it is immutable just like who put Bella in the witch arm Absolutely. And the Who Put Bella in the Witch Elm has been there at least since the 1970s in wow. reference to a case that goes all the way back to the 1940s. Nice. So let me tell you about it because it's actually very interesting and creepy. Mm. This story has everything. A surprise corpse, occult ritual, espionage. Oh. It is the full package. Rubbing my fucking hands together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dinner time. So. <laughs> Let's eat. On April 18th, 1943, four young boys were out in the forest nearby where this obelisk stands in a place called Hagley Woods. Apparently, a popular activity for little British boys in wartime England was popping up into trees and looking for bird eggs, which is yep. super cute to me. I remember as a child also being fascinated by bird eggs. Yeah, my, um, my dad so has that... told me about this. My dad has told me about really? doing this in the past. Yeah, climbing up trees and looking for bird's eggs, looking for bird's nests. But you never did it yourself. Oh, no. (laughs) That would require going outside. (laughs) Think of nothing worse. (laughs) Well, this is what our intrepid quartet was doing. Uh, They seemed to think it was a very fun time. So as one of these boys took a look into a hollow tree trunk, he let out a scream. And as you can imagine, Hmm. it was not because he was excited about bird eggs. It was because in that tree trunk, he found a human skull. Now, as kids of that age, for some reason, like to do, they initially made a pact not to tell anyone what they'd found. Mm -hmm. But also, being children, they were freaked the fuck out. And the youngest one was so traumatized, he went home and told his dad what he'd seen. And when the police showed up to check it out, they found the skeletal remains of a body, along with remnants of clothing that body had once worn. Wow. Yeah. Now, the body was determined to be that of a woman between the ages of 35 and 40 who had given birth before and who appeared to have been asphyxiated, which they determined due to a piece of taffeta that was found pretty far back in her mouth. Taffeta. Taffeta. Like the like frilly stuff that's on like a dress. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I'm with you. Yeah. That was, for some reason, in her mouth. Hmm. <clears throat> she apparently had fairly distinctive teeth much like our friend the Lady of the Dunes and her New York dentistry. Sure. So the police thought that they could get a hit off those and identify her. But no matches in dental records surfaced, and no one claimed her. No one reported anyone missing that seemed to meet her description. They combed through all the missing persons files, and there was nothing that seemed to match up with this woman that had been found inside of this tree. That that's captured my imagination. Taffeta in her mouth. In her mouth, that is, yes. This, that, that's, that's very deliberate, isn't it? That's almost ritualistic. Yeah. Mm, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, it was so, yeah, it was about six months later that graffiti began to appear around the region reading, Who put Bella down the witch elm? So now police were like, 
okay, well, who the fuck is Bella? Mm. Is there a Bella missing? Maybe we can figure out who that is, or maybe we can figure out who's doing the graffiti. But they came up empty-handed on both accounts. They could not find a missing Bella, and they could not figure out who was putting the graffiti up asking about why she was in that witch elm. Mm. And as you can imagine, a mystery like this caused quite a stir. So, of course, there were going to be whispers and theories about what exactly had happened. The detail of the fact that Bella's arm was found separate from the rest of her body Wonderful. sparked the interest of an anthropology professor by the name of Margaret Murray. And Mark, do you have any thoughts on what Margaret Murray might have concluded based on the findings of a corpse in a tree, its arm seemingly buried elsewhere? Uh, I think Margaret Murray might have come up with some kind of... Did she blame it on an animal? No, not on an animal. Hmm. She's an anthropologist. Yeah, 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 sure. So, body in the tree, taffeta, all up in its gob. Yep. Arm off, buried elsewhere. (laughs) Witchcraft. You're on the right track. Okay. Basically, she pointed the finger at the occult, specifically a ritual known as the Hand of Glory. (laughs) Supposedly... This arm was found exactly 13 paces from the tree, which is a part of this particular ritual uh, that is wrapped up in various folklore that goes, you know, some four or five hundred years back. Um, And has, I mean, this is connected to all the way back even to like old Muslim theology up to strange British occult ideas Mm. and mysticism and things like that. Um, and so to her, she looked at this and she was like, listen, this thing is 13 paces away. It's the arm, which usually has something to do with criminality. It's about like taking a criminal's arm off and putting it somewhere. Um, and determined that this probably had something to do with some sort of satanic cult or witchy Is is that not, that's, that's a a common Arabic punishment or for, for... Exactly. Thievery and whatnot is lopping off the hand, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, cutting off the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that's where the roots of this come from, is okay. that as sort of a historic, uh, historical Arabic punishment, um, and one that you find in a lot of old Muslim texts and things like that, and then somehow ends up being related to all kinds of weird British mysticism and things like that uh, when you get up into the 17th century. So, you're learning this, as of fuck course. I do what I can with what I got. (laughs) Um, And so the press, being the same then as it is today, absolutely loved this salacious story. And it also served to connect Bella's murder to another grisly killing nearby of a man named Charles Walton, Mm. who was found pinned to the ground by a pitchfork. Yikes. That image has been sitting with me all day. Do we know? All day. Do we know where he was pierced? Do you mind me asking? No, I think that's why I'm so, like, like in my brain, I'm kind of imagining, like, the pitchfork at an angle and him almost, like, draped over it, like, impaled through his mm. middle. My, I don't know. In my head, it's it's the tines of the fork through the throat pitting him to the ground. Ooh. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one, too. Mm. I'm not entirely sure, because Charles Wal- Walton is not, like, the center of the story. Of Nobody cares except to connect him <clears throat> to potentially some form of occult practices that might have been happening around this time. And 1950s Britain was in a witchcraft cycle. You know, everybody goes through them from time to time where they become obsessed with witches and Satan and all that kind of stuff. 
And that happened to be where people were in that particular moment. So the idea of multiple satanic ritual murders in Worcestershire. <laughs> How do you say it? No, you were, you were fine. You were, you were fine. Don't get put off by all of that craziness in the middle. It's just Worcestershire. Worcestershire. That's all it is. If you... That's how we would say it in Massachusetts too, but I assumed that couldn't possibly be the case. That was very, very endearing. If you get, if you, if you think too long about it before you start to say it, you'll end up down a rabbit hole. Worcestershire. Nah, just Worcestershire, mate. That's fine. Worcestershire. Yes. Okay. So multiple satanic ritual murders in Worcestershire was terrifying and exciting to people. I fucking bet it was. Yeah. Right. Uh, people didn't have the internet. Imagine a little bit of Worcestershire sauce, like. if you will. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, But in 1953, another tip came through, one which was just as interesting and much more plausible. Mm. A woman who identified herself simply as Anna put forth that she knew who Bella's killers were and that the woman in the Witch Elm was actually a German spy. According to The Independent, quote, she claimed Bella had been murdered by a German spy ring involving a British officer, a Dutchman, and a music hall artist. The region's many munitions factories had made it a prime target for Nazi intelligence gathering designed to choreograph the Birmingham Blitz. Mm. So much more, you know, that's like a thing that absolutely could have happened, that someone was there Mm. trying to, you know, gain intelligence or things like that. Although, you know, the connection to a random woman in a tree Mm -hmm. is, of course, tenuous. Very, very, very tenuous. Grain of salt, this woman comes in and says this. Uh, In 1968... A writer by the name of Donald McCormick claimed that Bella was indeed a spy with the codename Clarabella, who had parachuted into the West Midlands in 1941, but never made radio contact or indeed any kind of contact ever again. He said that he had gotten this information from German military intelligence records and had even asserted that some of the graffiti had in fact used the name Clarabella, not just Bella. Superb. But he had no hard evidence And while the theory gripped Britain, the police weren't exactly having an aha moment about it. They were like, sure, fine, whatever. (laughs) I guess, why not? We'll add it to the list of theories that people have come forward with. I think it's probably one of the only cases where it could have been uh, witches or spies. Right. That's a broad... As Donald McCormick com- uh, sort of put forth, both. Yeah. Because Nazis were really into the occult. Yeah, they were. And they were. so the idea of her being murdered, being a German spy, and it having a cult ritual to it, oh, wow. absolutely all went together. So really, could be all of these things, right? Uh, so the case was sort of officially closed some 40 years later, uh-huh. uh, where it's like, we're just, we're never going to be able to figure out what happened here. which would have taken us but to with, where 40 years later after the discovery so like now essentially we're talking about the 2000s mm. um but with the official closure closure of the case came the subsequent release of the case file mm-hmm. and it's now become apparent that donald mccormick may not have been full of shit his theory gleaned he said from german records actually seems to match up with mi5 records oh. That he absolutely would not have had access to in the 1960s. That's cool. So if he had, in those files, he would have found records of the arrest and interrogation of Joseph Jacobs, a Nazi spy who had also parachuted into the area in 1941 and was caught and arrested. 
On his person, at the time of his arrest, was a photograph of a German movie actress and cabaret singer called Clara Bowerly, mm. whom he identified as his lover. Clara was born in Stuttgart in 1906, which would make her 35 years old at the time that the body of Bella was found, right in line with the pathologist's estimate uh -huh. of 35 to 40 years old. She had spent two years perfecting her Birmingham accent in the music halls of the West Midlands, and according to Joseph, she was also meant to have parachuted in in the spring of 1941. And while we know that Clara Bowerly, whose name does sound like Clara Bella and would be a totally normal anglicization of it, was a real actress and singer in Germany of the right age who'd been in Birmingham the years prior, she was never heard from again after 1941. Not one live performance or movie appearance. She simply disappeared from the records from that point on. So, unfortunately, her body was misplaced as police jurisdictions change with the moving of the county lines decades and decades ago. So, mm. while it'd be totally cool and sweet to get DNA in check, we simply do not have it. And old Joseph Jacobs was executed nearly two years before her body was found. Uh. Interestingly, the last person put to death at the Tower of London. So, no one ever got to ask him. So the identity of the body in the Witch Elm, who put her there, and who started graffitiing about it may never be conclusively solved, but there's a good chance she was a fucking Nazi. So, eh, good riddance, Bella. Yeah. Listen, there's so that is such a rich tale, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, uh, echoing through, you know, a 30, 40 year time span. Um, mm -hmm. th that to me is screaming. Why has there not been a dramatization of that tale? You know, uh, yeah, and, I, and I'm not normally my first go to would be hey Netflix, but that right. that this screams like a, a, a really richly made, uh, expensively produced BBC drama or, a, you know, right, like a mini series of some kind, exactly. Like, episodes yeah. in Germany, episodes mm -hmm. in the Black Country, Tower of London, yeah. uh, the fucking musicals of, 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 of the Midlands, you know. Right? There's so much to this, and we know for sure mm. that a good chunk of this happened. Yeah. The only thing we don't know for sure is whether that is in fact her body, mm. but everything surrounding it is real and did happen, and it seems very likely that that is the case. It so is a framing device, you know? I agree. Episode one, a yeah. couple of clowns talking about it on a podcast. We fade, <laughs> we fade to monochrome, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, the uh, Bill Paxton in Titanic. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. ah, Call awesome. us up, BBC. Yep, hit us up. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so, outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, I'm going to leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Ha! Welcome, folks. Uh, geography has once again rent us asunder as Cory and I regard each other once again through the screens of our respective MacBooks. Where once we would record an episode of a glass of wine in an echoey hotel room. We now, again, communicate only via 
fucking waveforms and internet signals across the fucking planet once again. Yes, mm. friends, your Jack of All Graves co-hosts once again speak to one another and to you with an ocean separating us once more. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Although it means I will leave this podcast less drunk this week. <laughs> uh, and it, it probably also means that it'll be more efficiently edited. Listen, I will tell you this. True. I ha- <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, saying. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I have a, uh, 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 not that I didn't have a massive respect for what you do week in, week out for the cast anyway, but now, fucking hell, after we record week in, week out, you do that every week afterwards mm-hmm. to put it all together mm-hmm. and get it into shape to release. So, you know, if I, if I wasn't in awe of you enough already, well, <laughs> enough said. Well, you did a great job though. And I, I, actually quite enjoyed getting to to coach you along in the process as you worked on it so it really it was a win on every account and ben did offer to fix the echo if we would like it but <laughs> i don't guy. know i think there's something about it that's uh kind of quaint so it's fine yeah it's, but it's it, it gives you it, did great work thank you i appreciate you saying so but yes the echo was there the echo was there so why wouldn't why wouldn't we reflect that it, it was it, it adds a tactile sensation to the piece i think right yeah, I feel like you just, it says we're in the same room together yeah. and uh, gives you a sense of being there with us because that's exactly how echoey it sounded yes. while we were doing it. Yep, sure did. <laughs> um, you know, reflecting on that episode too, you know, you had asked me my, you know, like, go at it, uh, tear the UK apart, whatever, things like that. And mm. I really didn't have much to say about it, but the one thing I will say mm. now after no, you're having my, spent no, you're my entire safe, you're week safe there. At home. Now that now that you can't reach me, <laughs> <laughs> um, is the COVID thing. Um, okay, is truly wild to me. I don't think that I had fully processed that when you guys had your whole like Freedom Day or whatever, mm. and like the restrictions were lifted. Yeah, the restrictions were lifted. Yes, and people stop following them. I am very used to living in a place where when I go anywhere, I always have my vaccine card in my pocket. I wear my mask everywhere, things like that. And so I'd asked you before, like, gosh, why is, why does it seem like COVID is skyrocketing over there and everything? And you literally don't have restrictions. Yeah, there's nothing. And, you know, our air quotes government are you know, refusing once again in the face of medical advice, once again in the face of what seems to be rapidly turning public opinion, uh, refusing to re-implement, you know, any protocols, any kind of mandatory, uh, you know, public actions. And you're right, compared to the rest of Europe, it isn't just cases either, you know, mortality, COVID mortality. Yeah, the the deaths are rising again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, it's just wild to me. I think we've talked before about whether, you know, the perception is true or not. Americans tend to kind of look at Brits as like smarter, you know, something about the accents or something like that, where we just kind of look at you guys as like, oh, they're just like a little more enlightened than we are. Uh and it was very strange <laughs> now you to, see. Now you see the yeah, <laughs> to get that little reality check there. Mm. And just, you know, it, it's wild because it seems like what I've been watching with what's been happening over there for 
you know, the past year and a half mm. is this wildly vacillating response between uh, lock every single thing down and don't do anything. What isn't, <laughs> I mean, what isn't helping at all is um, the fact that the, the nations of the UK, the devolved nations of the UK, all, you know, went about it different ways. This week I was in, uh, I was in Birmingham once again with two colleagues of mine, two colleagues and friends, in fact, from Scotland, uh, mm-hmm. who had the same reactions as you, who had their masks on. Uh, you had to wear a mask, didn't you? Because in Scotland, <laughs> in Scotland, you know, until very recently, or maybe even still now, you had to mask up in, you know, outdoors, indoors. Down here, yeah. no. So they were kind of, look, Mark, do we not have to wear masks? Nah, <laughs> hey, of course you don't. Hey. Um, and this is where we are. This is where we are now. Highest yeah. COVID rates anywhere in Europe. The scientific community urging, urging, urging the government to to, to roll back. Uh, and interestingly, uh, some news about new variants this week as well. Yeah. Yeah. You've got like another Delta, like Delta 2.0 happening there. They've gone with Delta Plus. Delta Plus. Yeah. They're li- it's like they're deliberately trolling Delta Airlines at this point. Like that sounds like like a class that you sit in. Yeah. Um yeah, name-wise they've gone with Delta Plus, which I think is weak. I think they could have done better on the name. Uh mm. What would you have called it? Uh Mega Mega COVID or Mega Delta? I would have put Mega in there mm. somewhere because Mega just feels Mega is a good word. Yeah. yeah, I feel great about that. Yes. Really gives you the gravity. It does. I think if you ran about shouting about mega covid i think people would put those fucking masks back on pretty goddamn quick <laughs> maybe that might be the solution yeah uh but you know it's just when it comes down to it we're finding more and more that mandates work and that's what's happening here in america is that as we mandate the cases are dropping and dropping and dropping and the more that that's the expectation places so it is going that know, it is going in that, that direction works. for you guys is it, it is. yeah Good. Our cases are hugely dropping. If you look at a graph mm. of here, I actually looked up because I was curious, like the comparison of the COVID graphs between America and the UK. It's literally um, opposing lines, isn't it? Opposite. It one hundred percent is yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's the you know Great Britain. It's going straight up, and ours is mm. sort of plummeting. Um, and it's about that mandate. You know, it's about people aren't going to do it. Even people, well-meaning people, I think you know when the culture is not to. Yeah wear the mask and things like that you kind of mom i'm sorry i was like <laughs> keep it in keep it in keep it in <sighs> keep it in is this a podcast yeah, it, it is, is it podcast. is a podcast is it mark it is mark um, <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> when and interestingly the event that i was at in birmingham uh was <laughs> a, a, a totally mask free uh mass gathering yeah, I mean the the con for the love of horror. Yes, of course. No masks anywhere. I mean, aside from like masks of like you know Michael Myers. And things <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun masks. Nobody was wearing a mask, and I did not have to show any proof of vaccination or anything when I went in there. But I will say, much like you felt when um, Peter had COVID and you were fine and yeah. Laura was fine yeah. after you know going to a con with that many people and all that kind of stuff and you know coming back and I had to take a test at the airport before I came home Mm -hmm. and it was negative I was like 
I feel great about this vaccine. Yep. Seems to be working. Completely. You've been so. boosted as well, haven't you? You've had three, is that right? I have been boosted, so I've had three shots. Yes. So. Hmm. Yes. It's working. Sooner, uh, that. sooner mine comes, the better. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, man. And it feels as though we're in that place where the horse isn't quite out of the stable yet, you know? And were mm. the government to in you know to with the government to, to 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 put something in place we could close that door and keep him in the stable you know dobbin stay in right. there um exactly once again this is not i mean this is it, it i think the thing is like even the sort of thing a week or like three weeks ago when it was like will we lock down for what do you call the like this time period that's coming up or whatever autumn uh, autumn like for i don't know it seems like it's like a holiday from school or something like that you've got something coming up and you're like well things close down at this point in the year and that seems to be the like the narrative is it's like yeah, oh, yeah things yeah. go the way they are we'll just lock down instead of like no just make people wear a mask yeah <laughs> you don't have to lock everything down why is that the automatic thing that you you go to just put masks on it does feel very binary, doesn't it? Completely lock yeah. everything down and curtail people's freedoms and ruin right. Christmas. You're ne- it's never going to work. Yeah, or completely open <laughs> things up. Ah, uh, look, we all know, we all know how this how this goes. Um, yeah, it's all all it is, right? And maybe I've said this before, but one of the things that I'm clinging on to is it's very interesting to me to be living through a time period which, in a generation's time, is going to be a question on somebody's history exam. You know. Describe in detail. At least we hope so when we're not all well, wiped out like yeah. Station Eleven. Also true. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those where either a history question or it's the end of the world. Yeah. One of those. Um, anyways, this is, uh, you know, this week it's just been kind of like a, a crazy week in general. And that sort of kickstarted it for me. Um, and we don't normally talk about a lot of current events and things like that on this podcast, but it's just there's been so much going on that mm. I feel like we have to broach yeah. a couple of things that have happened. I agree. One of which um, was a story that I have been deliberately trying not to follow too closely because I've found everything about the discourse around it gross and I hate it, is um, you know the murder of Gabby Petito sure. and her... Then her uh, fiance, who his family helped him to not answer questions and, you know, basically hit him out and all that kind of stuff. Um, And he disappeared and his body was finally found yesterday. Um, And the thing, though, I I really I don't want to talk a whole heck of a lot about that, because, again, I find all of the discourse around this whole thing gross and like a weird voyeuristic true crime thing that's the worst Mm. of what true crime is but a thing that was interesting to me and sort of related to our hiking episode yeah uh so we did an episode recently if you didn't listen to it go back and check it out it's one of my faves uh, about hiking and the things that can happen to you in the wilderness when they were looking for brian laundry's body they found seven other bodies oh fuck i didn't know this seven other bodies completely unrelated to uh what had happened um although you know of course there was there's plenty of conspiracy theory and things like that on the internet that of people saying that things actually are connected and Mm. all of that kind of stuff but these are 
various different kinds of things. So the seven bodies found, one was Sarah Bayard, who was 55, uh, was re uh, reported missing on the 4th of July. Um, and they don't, the details of that haven't been released. So just random body. Another one was 30-year-old Lauren Cho, who went by a walk, went for a walk by herself in the Yucca Valley Desert in California and never returned. And her body was found October 12th as they were looking uh, for um, Brian Laundry or looking for Gabby Petito, actually. Were these bodies all found uh, in the same place? No, this is over the course of like, I mean, there were, so he was kind of being searched for in a series of national parks. Well, so they were looking for this guy way. and they just found a load of other people. Uh, they just found a load unconnected. of other people. Exactly. Oh, they wow. found a 46-year-old named Robert Lowry. Uh, who had gone missing on August 20th in uh, Bridger Teton Natural Forest. So is the implication found... here then that if you go to a national park and just look for long enough, you'll find a bunch of dead people? You'll find a Fucking bunch of dead people. Hell. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So there's like all these different things. There was a, a couple, a married couple who had been murdered, 24-year-old uh, Kylan Schulte and 38-year-old Crystal Turner. They were found shot in the LaSalle Mountain Range in Utah. All to say exactly that. If you go searching in a national park, there are bodies everywhere. Everywhere. Fucking hell. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I thought that was Yeah, that is wild. Just incredible. You know, the and like, yeah, these are people who have been, you know, missing for months and things like that. And it wasn't until, you know, this was between it wasn't all in the search for Brian Laundry. It was between searching for Gabby Petito and in, in searching for Brian Laundry that they found these. But over the course of, you know, two months or whatever since this happened, seven different bodies have turned up from unrelated cases to this one. So it wow. just this is kind of like that thing where, you know, we were saying that at any given point you're like a few houses down from someone with a body, a body in their in the freezer. freezer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever you hike through a national park, it's a pretty safe bet that you're, you know, a stone's throw away from somebody's fucking daughter who didn't come home. Yeah. And we're talking about, these are all bodies from within the past, like, I think these bodies, the oldest one is months old. How many people so are dying in your imagine how many... I don't know! <laughs> like... <coughs> Imagine how many there are that are just too decomposed that yeah. they didn't come across or, you know, things like that that just didn't stand out because, you know, I don't know, whatever reason that they couldn't find them. These are all fresh bodies. Yeah. How many are there? Lots. Just all the time. Lots. There have to be tons. Park, death. That's mad. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a wild thing that um, I saw in the news this week that I just had to... I had to get out there. I had to put out for everyone to understand. No, thank you. I, I guess it's, you know, horrific. Obviously, all of these bodies are turning up. But I guess yeah. there's a lot of families with some closure now. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of talk about dead white woman syndrome, right? That, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. when, you know, you've got this petite, pretty, young, blonde, mm -hmm. white girl who mm -hmm. went missing in an area where, I mean, it's something like 700 native women have gone missing in the past 10 years or something like that and nobody's looking for them yeah um and so the same thing is sort of happening here is like they're finding all of these bodies and that one you know the woman lauren show was yeah. sort of a thing that was contrasted with this that she went missing around the same time as gabby petito an asian woman and nobody there was no massive but there was some dialogue around that over here recently i mean you know mm. sarah everard had a colossal yeah. cultural impact 
Yes. Uh, Sabina and Nessa, not so much. Um, right. I mean, obviously there are reasons for that. You know, Sabina and Nessa mm-hmm. was found very quickly, whereas Sarah, mm-hmm. you know, Sarah Everard was missing for quite a while. There was the, the fact that it was a policeman who killed her, so it had right. uh, way, you know, colossal ramifications. But... Yeah, the question did get asked why why was you know why were the colossal gigantic uh, vigils on on all all news programs on the one hand and and not so right. much on the other. Yeah, and to think you know all of these bodies that are sitting out there that nobody was paying attention to mm. until this pretty young white influencer went missing, you know that's uh, that's certainly something that of course is a, a stark reality. Well, it's just a very interesting um, story to me and one that that piqued my interest in that way. Of course, the biggest story of the week came yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this, look, when... This is Joe adjacent. This is very Joe adjacent. Um, Yes. You know, when we talked about catastrophes on movie sets some months ago. Mm -hmm. um, And you, you, you have to just fucking feels so bad so goddamn bad for alec baldwin yep um and this by the way just to make it even more joag adjacent this happened on the film set where i contracted the chronic bronchitis that plagues me to this oh, very day what so yeah that place is miserable and i hate it and only bad things happen there <laughs> um but the news out of this place is absolutely terrifying, terrible and tragic that the director of, photo- of photography on the Alec Baldwin movie Rust, uh, Hel- Helena Hutchins, was killed on the set of the film when a um, prop gun went off. It killed her and it injured the director, Joel Souza, who was standing behind her at mm. the time, which the IATSE reps, the union, they are fairly certain because of the damage that it did to Helena and to Joel, who again was just behind her, that there was an actual live round in this prop gun. And I I yeah. genuinely thought maybe I don't understand the term live round because I was like, that can't be that can't be a thing, right? There couldn't have been a bullet in this prop gun, right? But yes, that is what the union is saying. Yeah, it but, but... happened to be the police have not they they're like oh we're still investigating we don't know that but the union is saying this and the union the union workers who had been on this film had walked out that morning due to safety concerns and various Uh. other mistreatment that they had faced on this set and only two of the people working were union including helena and everyone else were non-union replacements including the prop master who was responsible for that gun I mean, you don't, surely to Christ, you don't just have a fucking live, a live gun. Right. And, and apparently this concern had been raised by IATSE and, and you've been seeing them in the news lot lately because of their union negotiations that were happening in this past yeah. week as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, this is just another example of the many reasons why labor is, you know, at this point, there's so many strikes going on in the US and things like that. So I'm, I'm, um, as, a, as a layman... Yeah. When you put a live round into a prop gun, that's just a gun, isn't it? That's, I mean, that to me is what I'm understanding. And I am also very much a layman too. Like I said, I had to Google live round because I was like, how can that, how can that be? Yeah. You know, if this gun, this prop gun functions like a real gun and you put a bullet in it, you now have a gun. Yeah. 
not a prop gun. Um, and, and the fact of this being like a non-union person who, you know, who was responsible for this and everything very much kind of reflects what happened with the crow too, right? Exactly like the that, person yeah. who was responsible for the gun that day, I think they'd sent home the actual yeah. prop master. Yeah. Um, and the person was not an expert who was responsible for that gun and ended up with this terrible accident happening as a result. Uh, so Alec Baldwin has shot these two people by accident on a set that largely, I mean, seems like it was a disaster Mm. anyway. Um, and it's just, oh, it's so tragic. It's a thing you thought would never happen again. You know, like we must have moved past this kind of danger on a set, right? Well, uh, I'm certain... Uh, we will have now. I mean, mm-hmm. you've 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 got a question, and even as I'm saying this, I hate, I kind of hate the 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 path that it leads us down. You know, I've I've I I I used to long bemoan CG blood spatter in movies. You know, I used right. to long bemoan uh, you know CG gore effects or whatever because they they don't have that noise of life to they don't have that tangible mm-hmm. kind of feel to them but i don't think that would be an issue with cg gun recoil or weapons it, right. it just wouldn't um yeah and and, and go on oh go ahead the, you when we were sat in the car last week right listening to any answers on radio 4 and i think one guy mm-hmm. said well we shouldn't change the safety regulations around politicians doing surgeries because uh you know stabbings are rare aren't they Right. Uh, This, to my mind, at least, is the only... I I can't remember another case of this happening since The Crow. Right. I mean, and we talked about other accidents based on lack of safety, like Uh the PA uh, hit by a train and things like that. But in terms of an actual gun doing this, I think since The Crow, this is the first time So does So what does this warrant then? I mean, what what changes does this warrant? Does it warrant any changes? Yeah, to me... I mean, because, and and the movie that I worked on on that set, Mm. um, we had prop guns Mm. and we did shooting, we did blood spatter, all of that stuff, practical, all of that kind of stuff. And it was very safe, never felt anyone was in any danger at any point when we were on that set. So I don't think practical effects are the problem, but I do think this is the common thread that we have between those two cases is someone who should not have been in charge doing that. And this may be that labor and, you know, that's really kind of at the heart of this is making sure that you never have someone handling something like that who is not your specific trained expert. And if you are having a dispute with your labor, you solve that dispute. And you don't just replace them with someone else because you don't want to deal with it, you know, because that's that's what happened in both of these situations is someone who had no business with their hands on that being the one who handled it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and as some oh, go ahead. impossible to, to, to satisfactorily wrap that discussion up, really, it, 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 it's a it's ongoing. Yeah, it's a tragedy. You know? I it mean, is. it's. It's a conversation that you that shouldn't have to happen, and it was a pre- preventable thing. It's. I, I think there's also a lot to be said about the quality or otherwise of the reporting that has come out today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when I woke up and saw that news, 
Alec Baldwin's face all over every single report. Alec Baldwin shoots. Alec Baldwin fires gun. Da 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 da. For for a good you know fifteen twenty minutes of the morning, my half asleep ass was convinced Alec Baldwin had intentionally killed someone. Just like on the murdered someone. Yeah, straight up killed yeah. someone. You know the shots right. of him looking disheveled as fuck and all of these reports. Uh, yeah. You know from from what what is a work essentially a workplace accident. Yeah. You know if somebody falls into a piece of machinery, you, you don't have the foreman. Of the factory or across all the papers, or maybe you do. I don't know. What I'm saying is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It 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 certainly felt to me as though he was put in some kind of put at fault for this, at least in the early part of the day. Right. And to frame it that way, not only is such a terrible thing to and listen. I'm not going to bat for Alec Baldwin as a person. He seems like he's kind of a shit guy, but that doesn't mean he deserves to be framed as a murderer like this. So it's bad for someone personally. To do this, and that's so traumatic to have literally killed someone yes. on a set. Yes. Um, and it also, I mean, I feel like it just centers the wrong part of this. Like, I mean, that what is the conversation we're supposed to have about this? If all we're thinking about is the story of Alec Baldwin killed someone, mm. like, what is that? What does that do for us in terms of making any form of change or things like that? Or to the memory of this woman um you know and it, it just feels to me like it doesn't serve any social purpose no. or you know purpose to reform or anything like that to frame this as alec baldwin killed a guy mm. uh as opposed to the numerous other ways that you could frame what happened here yeah indeed um rough as fuck and i i oh i don't know this, I, I don't know how to end that discussion. I genuinely don't. I genuinely don't know. Uh, yeah. There's no good answer to it. So no. instead, hey, why don't we brighten things up, huh? Why don't we bring your kid in here? Hey, we've got a guest. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Friends, we have a guest. You know full well that here on Joag, uh, we love having guests along. We love... We enjoyed the experience of guiding people towards their first horror memory. Yes. Yes. It's something that we've done with your good friends, Leanne and Kristen. It's something that we've done uh, with my good friend, Mia. And today, it's something that we're going to do with my own darling son, Owen. Uh, we took some uh, suggestions from your good selves on Twitter over the past few weeks for what to show him. And uh, we went with John's. We went with John's suggestion of arachnophobia. So earlier on today, earlier on today, Owen and I sat down and watched arachnophobia. And Corey and I spoke to him uh, a little earlier this evening before bedtime, you know. Um, Naturally, yes. And got Owen's thoughts. So do please enjoy uh, my son's reaction to his first ever thriller arachnophobia. All right, so Owen Lewis, uh, welcome to Jack of All Graves. Uh, we are delighted to have you on the show. So um, excited. We are. We are very excited and everybody's very excited to hear what you've got to say. Listen, before we, before we get talking about the movie, right... Uh, I I just want to get an idea of what you know that Daddy does a podcast, yeah. yeah. What's the podcast called? Jack of all graves. Jack of all graves, right? Nice. Trying to talk into the mic, buddy. Um, what 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 do you think we talk about on Jack of all graves? What do you think the podcast's all about? Murders and everything. Murders and everything, <laughs> right? What other kinds of stuff do you think we talk about on Joag? Graves. <laughs> That's a pretty solid guess. <laughs> that is a pretty good guess. Okay, so let's talk about about uh, what we saw today. Do, do you are you someone who likes spooky films in general? Owen? is have you have you seen any good spooky films before? No, not really. Okay. Oh. Um, wow. 
what, uh, what kinds of things do you think you often see in spooky films? What kinds of things happen in horror movies, would you say? People get hurt. People get, all right. But you know it's all fake, don't you? You know, it's just like, you know, mucking about and whatever. So, right, earlier on today we saw uh, the absolute banger, Arachnophobia. Right, did you enjoy it for a start? Yes. What did you say to me after it finished? Kraken film. Yep, he said it wasn't. <laughs> that <laughs> strikes those... me as a really good review. Yep, those two words are Owen's seal of approval. Whenever he sees a really good movie, he'll go, Kraken film. Um, so, right. It's a film which is based a lot on kind of uh, dread and creepiness. What were some of your favourite bits of the movie, Owen? When they ate the spider and the spider crawled out of the guy's nose. That was pretty spooky, you're right. Uh, the, the coroner and his wife actually ate a spider in a handful of popcorn that crawled out of his nose. Um, By the it... way, I was noting, noting when I was watching that that they eat popcorn like you. Oh, like, <laughs> like me personally? Shoving it into their faces, yes, like yes, you. Yes, they do, by the handful. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Owen, was it, I mean, was it the right level of spookiness for you or was it too spooky or was it, was it, you know, was it not spooky enough? Tell us. Perfect. Good. What, what, how, how did it feel when the movie was getting spooky? Because I know there were lots of creepy bits, for example, when the spider uh, went on the girl in the shower. What does it feel like to you when a movie is getting creepy? It's good. Try and describe it for me. Try and describe the feeling. It's basically, it's. It's basically you feel like you feel like it's actually getting good and you feel oh yes cozy and yes um there were a couple of bits where the jump got us wasn't it uh, when uh, spider jumped off a shelf and we both went Bruh! together um <laughs> what about um let me think let me think were there any bits that made you kind of look away only one or two tell us about them tell us about how those bits feel well those bits are just too spooky yeah 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 yeah, yeah. What something that we like to do on on Jack of All Graves is we like to get people who haven't really seen horror films before, and sh and get them to see horror films for the first time. So, do you think after seeing Arachnophobia, you would like to see more horror films? Yes. Okay. Um, what kinds of other different types of horror films are they? I mean, Arachnophobia. I think we'd call that a monster movie, wouldn't we? Because the spiders were kind of monsters. What other types of horror movie are out there? You've got more like serial killing type. Yes, we like do. Like that one you got in the car. Oh, the one I got in the car. With the was... clown serial killer. Trick or treat clown serial killer. Oh, which one is that? It starts with a C. Casey, is that it? Casey? Uh, there's Terrifier. Is that the one you mean? No. No, Casey. Casey. Chucky? I like Chucky. Oh, Chucky looks kind of like a clown. Yeah, that makes sense. He, he's a, a doll, like but he yeah, looks but like a clown. Yeah, there's one that you have in your car that's like a clown. Oh, Gacy. Gacy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that did occur to me that I was, but I was like, why would he have John Wayne Gacy in his car? Yeah. No, no, no. I've got a, uh, there's a, there's a DVD in, in my car of, of a oh. movie Gacy, like a true crime version of Gacy. Yeah. So you've got yes. serial killers, you got monsters. What other kinds of horror movie are out there, do you think? I've only, I only really know those two. Yeah. You've, you've also got, uh, let me see, you've got ghosts, I guess. You've got spooky yeah. ghost films. Um, what kind of horror movie do you think might be your favourite? What should we watch next? What kind of horror movie should we try next? Spookier, yeah. Yeah. But like, ghost. Right, one with a spooky ghost next, perhaps. Are you okay. scared of ghosts, Owen? No. No, you're not and scared why of ghosts. Is, that? is there anything... Oh, go ahead. Because they don't exist, do they? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. exactly <laughs> that's a good exactly. reason. Yeah. Uh, what about spiders? Are you scared of spiders? No. That's why no. Pete didn't watch the film. Exactly. Owen has an older <gasps> brother, Peter, who is... I would call him arachnophobic. Uh, yeah. 
and he oh. totally cleared out and gave us the room completely to ourselves. But you're not bothered by it at all, Owen? Nope, oh, not at all. I found it very creepy. I kept thinking there were spiders crawling all over me after I watched it. Oh my goodness. There was, in fact, one bit where you thought a spider was on your foot, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, and had to <laughs> give his foot a little shake. Um, okay, so listen, uh, so it's Halloween coming up. We're going to go trick-or-treating, yes? Do you know what you're going to dress up as? Do you know what kind of costume you're going to wear? Scarecrow from DC. Oh, what? Scarecrow oh. from the Batman yeah. comics? Yeah. Very nice. With, like, the sacrum mask. And... Yeah, that is quite. That is actually quite spooky. That's quite a spooky costume. He's got a fear gas that he uses, doesn't he? Like a yeah. fear toxin. So that would be quite cool. Uh, all right, nice one. Well, listen, i tell you what we'll do. We'll wrap it up there. Owen Lewis, would you say that from now on you're going to be a fan of horror films or not? Yeah. Yes. Excellent. I can't wait to hear more. We'll have you come back and tell us about your your horror adventures. How about that? Yeah. Nice one. All right. <laughs> Owen Lewis, thank you very much indeed for appearing on Jack of All Graves, buddy. Thanks, Owen. Bye. That was wonderful. Owen is absolutely adorable. Yes. Um, and you two are just so cute together. I, ugh, I'm just over here heart melting. Uh, maybe I'll put a little clip or two up on the internet for other people to share in just how precious your relationship with your son is. What he said to me a little, was... a, a little oh, later, one of the first things he said to me uh, when we spoke after that was, Dad, uh, nobody else in my class has been on a podcast. Which was, which was beautiful. Yeah, and, uh, and now I, I think of it, that. I know I, I said uh, in the intro there that that was his first ever ever yeah. kind of scary movie. Now is it? Fuck, he's seen Sleepy Hollow. Uh, okay. He's seen Hocus Pocus. Uh, okay. I think I might have got him through Beetlejuice as well. Um, See, that's funny because he also said he had never seen a spooky movie before. So really, he's just already so desensitized. Nothing. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Movie. I'm gonna make him much Gacy. <laughs> I'll put him in front of the John Wayne Gacy story, which I've had in my car. You know, the movie that's in your car. (laughs) Yeah. It's a tough, uh, tough, tough one to talk my way out of. This officer, uh, it's just a movie about John Wayne Gacy. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Um, No, that was really delightful and and fun to sort of hear his his thoughts on that. And we will definitely, once he's watched a little more... Mm. Uh, get some more thoughts from him. Might be nice to check in with his horror career as the years go by. Yes, exactly. I, I hope, I think I speak for everyone and I say they're on board with with that, uh, all the Joag family. So thanks to Owen once again for joining us. That was absolutely wonderful. Cool. Uh, so now, uh, oh, do we, uh, have you, now that we've talked about what Owen has watched, have you watched anything this uh, uh, past few days just briefly last time we recorded my thoughts on arachnophobia what a tight film yeah Yeah. you know what i was when i watched it last night Mm. and maybe it was because i was partially i was drawing and stuff at the same time the first hour of it struck me as a little slow it's world building it's it's building up this it is this little community you've got the the coroner and the idiot cop the you know the doctor Mm -hmm. it's building up a lovely kind of sleepy community um yeah taking and i was surprised that yeah, I was surprised that, like, you said Owen was into it when mm. it was doing that. And I must have been when I was a kid. I don't remember thinking, uh, this is really boring. But most of my memories of the movie are from the, the last, last yeah. 40 minutes that are bonkers. And I think still very scary and suspenseful. There's this lovely character beat where Jeff Daniels is fucking yeeting bottles of cognac and wine at the spider. And he right. goes, and puts one back, not the chateau. Really nice. Even in, <laughs> even in his terror... 
he still can't right. let go of his affectations. Really, really cool moment. But uh, and this again, this genuine. This is this is isn't just a case of old man yells at cloud, right? Demonstrably, mm. movies from the eighties had a different pace to them. It's nineteen ninety. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but close enough. Yes, it's more or less same thing. Paced very differently. There's there's less. Mm-hmm. You know, shots are longer. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot more uh, establishing the 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 world of the film and and that was you know fully in play and it was really nice to know that Owen can handle that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was there was a part of me that was going to be really sad if he was just kind of like meh yeah. because you know I've been when we were talking about this even with like Sam and Richard, um, we were saying that it was like such a formative scary movie you yeah. know and it genuinely was like as a kid like made your heart pound, made it, you like, just really like, oh, you know, (laughs) and, uh, and everything about it really sort of hit at that time. So it's cool. And I think, um, you know, to see something like that hold up, it's hard for a lot of things that are more recent to hold up. Yes. Um, because things can feel so dated. Um, and something about this, I think the use of like actual spiders and things like that. Actual spiders. There's, Oh, it, it it does a load of tricks that I just absolutely love. I mean, it uses mm-hmm. actual spiders. You've got uh, animatronics in there. You've got mm-hmm. kind of large scale puppets zoomed right in. Mm. You've got tricks of perspective in there. Spider POV. Um, yeah, you're... I mean, it makes me itchy watching that movie. I 100%. both my mom and I at various points kept like trying to brush spiders off of ourselves, yep. and like when I went to bed, I was like a little nervous. Like, there's something. Oh, you feel it. There's something really, I think, special, right? And you know, very difficult to put into words when you share a jump scare with somebody, but not a, not a cheap mm. kind of oh they're in the bathroom cabinet yeah. kind of shit jump scare, but when right. you're sat next to somebody in a jump scare, whoa, gets you both at the same time. And you know you would look at one of the ha ha laugh it got us. Uh, it's a, a, yeah. a lovely thing to share, and and it happened. You know, a, a good two or three times during that film with the two of us. It was great. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice, John. That. Yeah, great, great work on that, John. It was lovely to be a reason for me to revisit it um, with my mom, and I believe my sister also yeah. watched it as well from her home. So brought the entire family to that movie again which we all appreciated yeah good shit um, uh, it's not all I've seen what else have I seen I saw yeah. uh, I watched Titane last night that's right uh, I attempted to watch that I, I didn't know you'd watched it too so it was funny that yeah that was interesting to... on, the same, on the same time it's because we are one of the same you and I um, it's true <laughs> I, I guess you didn't get very far due to subtitles no. Well, yeah, I well, and that's the funny thing is that obviously I can understand it without subtitles, but mm. at the same time, I always feel like I need them. Yeah, and I can't do subtitles, but also ah, I course, just French you films speak don't French, work don't for you? me. Yes, I, I yeah, I feel like I understand French is a better way of saying that because me speaking it is not a thing. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but I just I've never really been into French film. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that seems like a very broad generalization. Uh, there's a few movies I do really like, like Romantics Anonymous and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, I was in film school. I've seen a lot of French <laughs> films um, and they just, the notes tend to just be wrong for me. And I could tell pretty quickly into this movie that I was like, I ooh, I just kept rolling my eyes okay. the entire time. And I was like, yeah, I'm out. 
Yeah. Okay. Look, I you you know full well that I'm an advocate of just turning a film the fuck off if it's not doing if it's not working out for you. Yeah. Why you don't know it anything? Why would you stick it through to the end if you know you're not enjoying it? Uh, but it, it it ticked a lot of boxes for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I yeah, it's doing really well. People seem to really love it. Yeah, it's terrific. It 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 hits that body horror zone which I really enjoy. Uh, when I think about it, I mean, it it it. It it gave me that same vibe as Tetsuo, that old uh, that old Japanese body horror from way back in the day, from the early nineties. I don't think I I've ever say. seen it. I've seen the title, but I don't think I've seen it. Oh, it's excellent. I mean, it's it's as much an industrial kind of music video slash body horror metamorphosis cybernetic fucking mutation mashup. <laughs> Lots of screaming okay. and stop motion and drills where they shouldn't be. It it, it hit that kind of zone for me, right? Um, uh, Cronenberg esque, you know, with with your your pregnancy and your fucking you know labor pains and metal being where it shouldn't. Um, That's also a thing that I don't do in movies at all. If there is going to be pregnancy or birth, yeah, I'm like I'm gonna fuck out before I have to deal with that shit. So yeah, <laughs> uh, add subtitles and French to that, and you're not. Yeah, you're it's just all wrong. It's it. all wrong. It's also look, it it may not appear so on the surface but it's actually quite wryly funny as well um Mm, mm -hmm. uh, you know i i'm hey i am not french but i'm not french and i'm not a fireman right but i'm reasonably sure the 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 provincial kind of french fire departments aren't having like homoerotic raves in in the basement (laughs) in the garage maybe they are i don't know maybe they are um it's just a slice of life yeah, maybe, maybe, but it's <laughs> super stylized. Um, it it ramps everything up to eleven. Very broad, quite funny in parts. Very strange. Very mm-hmm. difficult to describe and put your finger on. But I found it quite affecting. I found it gripping, uh, and yeah, thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, Titane. Mm-hmm. Check it out if that's your thing. I by no means am discouraging anyone from seeing it because I have. I'm watching lots of my friends watch it on Letterboxd and it's getting great marks across the board. Everyone mm. seems to really like it and the bonkersness that happens in it. That seems to be kind of the it is nuts. If the you, thing that people talk about is it goes crazy. If you try and recount the actual plot of the film, then it, 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 <laughs> it just sounds like gibberish, you know? Yeah, someone said on Letterboxd, they were like, I don't think there's actually a story here. No, no. But it's, you know, that's not the point. Mm. Yeah, um, I rewatched The Witches. Ooh, uh, old school that I or hadn't seen. New hotness. Yeah, the old school okay. one. I still haven't seen the new one. I I do want to watch it, um, but the old school one is just so scary. It's terrific, and yeah. it's been a long time since I'd seen it. So there was a part of me that wondered: mm. Is The Witches as scary as I remembered it? And the thing about that movie is the imagery is so strong yes. that, yes, it's exactly how I remembered it. Because when I close my eyes, I can picture yeah. uh, everything that happened in that movie. And it is just, it's so intensely creepy and scary. And uh, there's so much peril in it. Oh, and yeah. you really don't know if anyone's safe. I, which um, I love. I, I You know, yeah. there's no better way of getting me invested in your film than to fucking knock off a character I've come to enjoy. Yeah. 
right? I genuinely, like, I was like, I don't know. These kids could die. Mm. I'm not sure. And, like, you know, towards the end of the movie, you're like, I I think they're going to stay mice forever. And that's the happy ending. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I remember being sorely disappointed <laughs> that they didn't that they didn't stick the landing and that they right. kind of, you know, diluted the I bet the that ending. was a test audience thing. I oh, bet that was 100%. a, like... 100%. That was a fight. Yeah, that was they a, showed it to people and they were like, uh-uh. Or it was a condition of financing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> both versions of the witches, however, have come under fire for depictions of, of, of the creatures. I mean... Ooh. Uh, are, is it uh, like an anti-Semitic thing? Is that what it's going to be? Or uh, no, what I've seen more of is uh, ooh, bald women. That's weird, isn't it? Uh, for, you know, oh. alopecia communities tend to not kind of take kindly to that kind of thing. Huh? Yeah. I don't want to like, you know, like poo-poo anyone's complaints about something like that. Mm-hmm. But that's an interesting, well, especially because again, I haven't seen the new one. Looking at the old one. Mm. I don't think there was ever a point at which I thought bald women was the thing that was scary about it. It was the fact that they were in a disguise and there was, you know, they pulled everything off. They pulled their faces off. They pulled their hair off. And underneath they were. Yeah, I mean. Something, you know. Is it that trope of physical disability on your villains? That's what it is, I think, isn't it? You know. I mean, or, you know, disfiguration, things like that. There's a lot of conversation around disfigurement yeah and, as and rightly a so. shortcut yeah i think james bond right now that's one of the things they're talking about too because i think long history is... of of yeah facially disfigured equals villainy yeah. uh and the right. you know the remake of the witches polydactyl sufferers uh, uh up in mm. arms about the depiction of evil as having kind of uh atypical digits on their hands mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean i think that's that's reasonable i think for me watching the witches that was never the way that I interpreted it. And maybe it's also because I grew up going to like a Buddhist monastery all the time and I was used to bald women. So it huh. didn't make that connection for me. Um, you just keep pulling but... these out of your bag, don't you? I, I had no fucking clue. Speaking French at the time, Listen, no doubt. Betty, you're just scratching the surface. <laughs> I know, I know this, I know. Corrigan Vaughn. Yep. And I'm, um... you know, over a year in. Yeah, I was just... <laughs> popping back and forth to Buddhist monastery. All right, fine. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't necessarily make that connection. I can see why it could potentially, especially if that, I, I don't know how it's presented in the new one and things like that. To me, it was just the idea of these, these are creatures mm. underneath that are wearing the things that, you know, we like wearing human faces and bodies and things like that. And yep. I never thought about it, but the new one is also shit scary, by the way. About. The new one also shat me right. Is up. it? Yes, it is. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. That's, I mean, that's kind of the thing that I was worried about is I'm like, the old one is so scary. Is this going to be like a, you know, updated, kid-friendly? No, like, I, I, you know, I'm like, no, it should scare I the shit out of you. I certainly didn't think so. Yeah, it should. It certainly should. Where was Perfect. the anti-Semitic angle then that you were talking about there? I didn't... Well, I was just wondering because I was thinking like, if it had to do with like hook-nosed villains and things like that, which is often also a shorthand yeah, of course. kind of thing and of stuff, course. like make something look like a, you know, stereotypical yeah. Nazi cartoon of Jews. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I was wondering if that was going to be meeting the behind closed it, doors. They were... Right, exactly. I was like, I can see how that might be a thing that could be pulled out of this as well. Like, mm-hmm. oh, these like hook-nosed creatures in secret, yeah, you know, yeah, ruling yeah. the world and collecting all the money and yeah. things like that, like. 
there's certainly an argument that could be made about yeah, uh, that in that movie as well. So there's probably, you know, you could definitely put it under a microscope and be like, oh, yikes. Um, and I think those those conversations are always worth having. What made you watch uh, The Witches but... this week? You know, I was I watched it on the plane uh-huh. uh, and I... I saw it, and for some reason, that was what grabbed me. Maybe it was because the girl sitting next to me was watching Neverending Story. By the way, shout out to that girl, because it got to the Artax scene, yeah. and she just skipped it. <laughs> I was like, Fair enough. that has never occurred to me before. <laughs> I'm not going to enjoy like, this. I'm en- yeah, I'm enjoying my movie. I don't want to see this. And she just skipped on by. Excellent. I was like, you are mm. a legend. In control Phenomenal. of your own destiny, that's what you are. Right. You don't have to have your heart broken by this movie. Fascinating. So, anyway, she was watching that, and I think it kind of put me in the zone of wanting something in that vein. And I was scrolling through, and they had the witches, and I was like, you know what? It's been a minute. I think that's what I'm going to watch. Was your flight home less eventful than your flight over? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I got to the airport, and there were, like, multiple things the airline had told me I didn't need that I actually needed. Okay. Uh, for example, a COVID test to get uh, home. Their their app told me I didn't need it. So I was like, great, cool. And then I got to the desk and they were like, you need a COVID test and you have 45 minutes to get it. And I was like, cool. All right, be right back. Um, wow. And then... Uh, this is in Manchester, also, yeah. This is in Manchester. Oh, no. And then also when I finally got through that and I got to my gate and I was like taking a breather, they put an announcement on that they were like, we only allow these kinds of masks on the flight. And I was like, where am I? I came with this mask. How am I supposed to have that? Thankfully, they had one mm. uh, up at the front desk. And I was like, oh, thank God. Wow. But it was just, you know, it was long. It was a lot, but I made it. You sure oh, did. And then I got home and the and the Ubers were $70. <laughs> So that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Travel sucks. Yeah, it does. Now more than ever. Now more than ever. Did you watch anything else? Uh, So I'm (laughs) sticking with Chucky. I'm on episode two of Chucky. Oh, yeah, I I did watch Chucky. What are you thinking? Um, as of right now, I think it's fine. Like, it's not like, I'm not fully like, this is must-see TV. No. But also... I don't want to nope out of it. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm, I'm invested in the brand, as yeah. we know. Um, mm-hmm. But were I not, I don't think it would have converted me so far based on two episodes. Yeah. I think I'm always so starved for like spooky TV. Yeah. That it's enough to kind of keep me on board in that way. Like I'm like, all right. It's it's kind of working. I guess I'll see where it goes. But yeah, it hasn't. I was hoping it hit a little harder. Yeah, same, same, does. same, same. I was hoping that the TV format would have allowed it to, uh, you know, go up to eleven. I guess I'm hanging mm-hmm. in there for Jennifer Tilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is nice to see my man Devin Sawa on there. So. Where, please tell Playing me where where do I know him from? The entirety of the 90s. Uh, but he's also in Hunter Hunter. He's the dad in Hunter Hunter. Um, that's uh, that really brutal one yeah, yeah, a with couple the, months ago. With the flaying. Yes. Uh, he was in... The thing is, I don't know if you would have seen like any of those movies. Oh, how about Idle Hands? Idle, F- Final Destination. 
okay. yeah, the yeah, original all right, Final all right, Destination. All right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, I'm the one guy who hated Idle Hands. I fucking hated Idle Hands. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> I was a teenage girl. I was the target audience for that movie. Mm, so. Yeah. <laughs> but that's fair. I won't hold that against you. Okay, thanks. Um, Thank you. But on TV shows, I also watched um, the like first three or four episodes of the new season of the movies that made us. Is that what it's called? On oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Which I don't. I didn't watch the first season of it, but the second season is all horror movies. Oh good. Um, this this is the second season right now. The second season, okay. yeah, right now. Uh, I don't love the format of it. I don't love the like jokey narrator thing with it, but. The stories from the movies are good enough mm. that while sitting and drawing and stuff like that and putting it on the background, mm. um, it's actually, it's a pretty enjoyable watch. You really get some like insights into how things were, were made and um, even some like myth busting of some of the stories okay. that you hear about these movies. Um, I think the stories from um, Nightmare on Elm Street and its production are phenomenal oh great <laughs> um, oh thank you good yeah. okay I'll, I'll follow that good i'll watch that yeah it's really it's just interesting stuff with how much that was on the verge of falling through at every given moment and mm. how much new line had riding on it and um yeah it's a it's a very fun little uh, it remains story to so. this day the 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 movie i think of when i see the new line logo <laughs> Still, whenever I see those totally. that that film that New Line logo, I I, I do 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 do. That's the first thing I think. <laughs> and as you should, if you watch this episode, you will see that you very much, if that movie had failed, mm. you would not have mm. New Line. Um, and the other, <laughs> this is not really horror, but I just need to like get it out there. I watched King of Kong. Have you seen that? I have seen King of Kong. Yes. I feel like maybe it's because of when it came out. The way that this was portrayed to me all these years uh-huh. was much more charming <laughs> than it actually is. Uh, yeah. When watching it with a 2021 mindset, I'm like, this is like toxic masculinity, the movie. Where even yep. you're like the guy you're rooting for, bless him. You're like, yeah, but his wife is the only hero in this entire film this movie if you've never seen it this documentary is about this guy who is trying to break the donkey kong score record and this bunch of gamer gatekeeper Mm -hmm. types are trying to prevent him from doing that through various sort of manipulations of the rules and things like that and there is one guy who they all want to maintain this high score and he is a horrendous human and the amount of sycophants surrounding this weird ass dude is truly incredible and watching them over the course of this documentary kind of like starting to like steve weeby yeah and like not knowing what to do with that dissonance between like ah shit we like this guy yeah but we are on this other guy's team it's just oh my god it's the most toxic thing i've ever seen i i I walked away from King of Kong, and it, and it was a long time ago, but I walked away from King of Kong just with a... Appreciation is the wrong word, but with an, a, a broader... Just... There are fucking subcultures beneath subcultures beneath <laughs> subcultures. There's a fucking niche 
for everything, man. Everyone yeah. is passionately into something. Imagine being that's gotta be that that can't that's gotta be the result of some sort of imbalance or some sort of misfiring synapse See, where you are so into the... something to dedicate your life, your relationships, your job, your identity to fucking hitch it all to a game like that. See, here's the thing. Mm. I had a totally different interpretation, but of the same exact thing. Mm. Where the way that I looked at all these guys is if this had been 15 years later. Right. Uh, or 10 years later, I suppose, right? So this is like 2006 or yep. something like that. Um, if this had been 2016, all of these guys would be like incels. They'd all be on Reddit. <laughs> they would all be on 4chan, <laughs> things like that. They're probably all libertarians yes. now. Yeah, like yeah, they're I agree. All those kinds of people. The thing that I thought about this was watching how easily people will latch on to someone with the vaguest amount of charisma mm. and a sociopathic personality. Mm. You know, and so looking at Billy, who is our villain in this, who is like he's Trumpian, honestly. He's very convinced of his own grandeur. Yeah. Even though he's lying about it, you know, he is manipulating things, but he still thinks he's as good as he says he is. Mm. Um, and he will say things like, you know, when he like beats someone else, he's like, looks at it like he did them a favor and like, wow, I've really changed your life by this happening. And like, then they cling to him and they follow him and they do everything they can to manipulate things for him to make sure that he maintains this reign for them. I was like, this is just, this may be a subculture of a subculture and mm. all this, but I think what is happening here, mm. we see much more broadly in culture than just these bunch of nerds. Yes, you know? it's, it's microcosmic, isn't it? It reflects mm -hmm. stuff that we've seen playing out on a far, far, far broader stage. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of recommend it, but it also, I literally was watching this. This is another thing I watched on the plane. And I was shaking my set head and going like, oh, come the fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting there. I couldn't stop myself from like talking out loud to this. So uh, something. In other interesting news this week, some very promising signs here in the UK that the Queen may be on her way into the grave, which is lovely. <laughs> really nice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's... last week she was spotted hobbling around with a walking stick for the first time in her life. <laughs> uh, then it emerged that she'd cancelled a trip to Northern Ireland. Now she spent a night in hospital. These are all signs of someone who is shortly to die. So... You know. <laughs> that's a very quick escalation, but, you know... Maybe we'll see. I don't know. I think you're gonna you're gonna find this a lot more obnoxious than you're really planning on. Because then not only does she have to die, but then you have to deal with all of the like when what's his face, like all the pageantry about him becoming king. That that bit I'm kind of looking forward to a little bit though. Um, really? Yeah, really, really. Because I understand really, you really. looking forward to the like people you've said before you're you're so like you're gonna feed on the I really am. and gnashing of teeth it's over gonna, the death it is but it's gonna the, make me strong the pageantry of the incoming coronation pleases you uh yeah up to a point i think it'll be a flashpoint for <laughs> republic the republic movement in the uk i think mm. uh i think it's gonna give voice to those like myself who think that it's it's uh, an anachronism that this should be done yeah completely mm -hmm. 
Uh, and okay. I'm really looking forward to seeing just how loud we can be. I'm really looking forward to seeing if if a sensible dialogue is there to be had by those mm. who I suspect will just kind of block it out, la 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 la, and and pretend that those voices don't exist because they fucking do. Mm. Yeah, that's actually okay. That's a very good point, mm-hmm. and I uh, hadn't thought of it that way. So. I think mission it, for you. Let's uh, let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I think uh, see how long old Queenie lasts. It is an opportunity for the Republican yeah. movement, and one which I think, which I think they, which I think those who are still monarchists will do their best to shout down with cries of "Now is not the time." How ghoulish! Yeah, of how dare you now? Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, or at least I hope, uh, that we won't let that happen. All right. Well, we will obviously be following along if and when this happens. So we'll see. Did you have a lot of people with the Queen on your on their um, Reaper cards on your Facebook this year? Yes, actually, um, mm. quite a few people have, have hoped that we would get a left right jab this uh, this year with, with her and <laughs> Philip. Take so, both out. Yep, still got a few weeks left yet, and like I said, signs are good. That's right. Yes. Signs are good. All we need, I'd say, a cold winter. <laughs> <laughs> let's have a nice cold winter. Maybe let's see how transmissible this new Delta variant is. Damn. You know, there, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of factors at play here that could come up trumps. Interesting. <clears throat> well, sir. Well, milady. Should we talk about? Well, we can. I mean, thing. Uh, you know, and I, 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 when we spoke about Titane, you know, I mentioned my fascination with bodily horror, with the, with, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's a quote from, uh, quite why this came into my head, right? But I think recently we must have watched it. There's a quote from Aladdin, right, where uh, Jafar. One of, one of my favourite Disney villains, by the way. Fucking love Jafar. It's a great villain, yeah. Yes. Uh, way, way, I, and again, like Tatain, if you think about Jafar's actions and lay them out in a timeline, that guy was fucked. He does some horrific mm-hmm. shit in that film. But one of his lines That's is, true. one of his favourite lines of dialogue of mine is, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he says something along the lines of, you'd be surprised at just what the human body can endure. Mm-hmm. And me being me, it leads me to think, well, fuck what what can you put a human through physically and have them recover from right what have been some of the examples of people who have sustained just what should be fatalities and yet have managed to recover and walk it off i mean i'm from the walk it off school of parenting right mm-hmm. walk it off <laughs> yeah in fact when i was covered in stinging nettles the other day <laughs> you started chanting to me to walk it off <laughs> i think what i did was na 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 yep. na cory walk it off walk it off cory so yes i am that's exactly what you did in fact uh, a few years back pete um fractured his arm um he took a nasty trip in his bedroom and fell and took the force of his body weight on his outstretched palm and broke his arm and that's a gnarly way to break your arm, too. Oh, it was horrible. And honestly, the sentence was on my lips uh, <laughs> when Laura pointed out that it was bent funny. Oh, fuck. All right, to the ambulance then. But I, I was about to give him the walk it off. 
routine. <laughs> Rub some dirt in it. You're fine. Exactly. <laughs> ah, walk it off. So, yeah, walk it off. Because you'd be amazed at what we could walk off. It's true. Like a consistently, like astounded. You can, you can remove a load of tissue from a human, and Ugh. and they will make a pretty convincing recovery in a lot of cases. I don't love this framing already, but sure, hit me. What have we got? I'm look, I'm look. I'm not going to dwell on this, right? But God, I mean, you're supposed it. to dwell on it. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here for. Dwell, Mark. Dwell. So, as a as a as an example, right? Go back to two thousand and eleven. Um, there was a fella here in the UK. Uh, would you do me a favor? I want you to hold your hands apart and estimate to me a distance of uh, five inches. Okay. Yeah. Let the record reflect. Corrigan has approximated around about a five inch space there uh it's roughly 12 centimeters it's roughly the size of a cd a compact disc yeah yeah i think i got that Sound about yep. right mm-hmm. so let me tell you about a guy called matthew Lowe, uh mm. from the uk a factory worker who fucking uh, this is incredible the geezer got his clothes caught on a machine oh no yeah and his entire body cory Oh boy. His entire body was dragged through a hole five inches in diameter. No. Well, you can nope all you want, mate. I'm fucking no. telling you. His no. entire body was dragged through a 12 centimeter gap when his clothes got caught on the <coughs> machine he was working on. No, no. Right? My brain. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but here's the fantastic thing. He will tell you himself, because fucking hell, he's still alive. Um, obviously, he, he, he crushed a fuck. He ended up with... Yeah. Uh, a, 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 Was any bone not broken? Well, no, he broke a lot. He broke his... Uh, his spine was injured. He broke his pelvis, broke his hips, broke his ribs. Ruptured his stomach, ruptured his bowel in the incident, right? His partner was told, expect the worst, he's going to die. But after six surgeries, a fuckload of pins, a load of metal. The only evidence now of his ordeal is the fact that he's got like a weakened arm. He he has trouble using one of his arms. He's now back on his feet. Corey, he went back to work for the fucking same place. He still works at the (laughs) factory in Barnsley. See, that is how this is an extremely British story, oh, because yeah. we've talked about this before. Far less litigious than Americans. <laughs> that guy That's... would own that fucking company <laughs> ah, if now, this was America. Interestingly. There's no yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is legal action. <laughs> there, there was legal action afterwards, in fact. Um, 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 uh... Like, if he ever had to work again... This story makes no sense from an American mindset. Yeah, they were they were prosecuted. In fact, Compass Engineering Limited were prosecuted um, after the incident. But the geezer went through a fucking twelve centimeter space and lived. That and not just lived, completely regained his entire quality of life. Do you know, like, how quickly did that happen? Because that's the thing. Like, it's like shoop in and out one end. Like, I don't. 
I have a lot of questions that honestly I probably don't want to know the answer to. And being the person who, whenever he well, popped back out of that hole, well, saw him, must have been horrendous. Uh, he's quoted as saying, I knew what was going to happen, so I just relaxed mm, and hoped for mm -hmm. the best. It crushed my body, ripped my clothes to shreds, and literally spat me out the other end, but I was still alive. He says the only thing he heard, the only sensation he heard was his arm being crushed as he went through the space. Uh, but I think there's the key. He just relaxed, just went. Yeah, just him. leaned into it. I mean, that, as, I mean, you've experienced me and that's like kind of my, my uh, attitude towards things is like, if I can, just like chill about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And I think about that a lot in terms of like car accidents and things like that. Like, okay, you just gotta like, yeah. you just gotta like let it, you just gotta don't be, be too stiff because exactly. that's when you... Yeah. Go with it. Although, you know, you did nearly rear-end somebody, and I <laughs> was laughing earlier today at my response to it. <laughs> what was it again? Just went, Remind me. It's like... Uh! <laughs> 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 yes. Startled even me. <laughs> it's pretty chill about Ma things. <laughs> Welcome to Driving with Mark. <laughs> it was truly an adventure. It was uh, everything I hoped it'd be. <laughs> good. I'm delighted. I'm delighted. Listen, I mean... That's fascinating. Okay. It is, isn't it? You know, that 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 you could fucking do that. I mean, you know, people are fond of saying the cats are made of water and a cat can squeeze itself through mm -hmm. any fucking space at all. Turns out you can squeeze a human through a five-inch gap and they will, you know, given the right level of care, uh, make it out the other side. Plenty of wow. times, right, uh, on this very cast, in fact. And I'm looking forward to speaking to uh, uh, the Joak Boffin, who's gonna, who I'm going to yes. pose this question to. How long does consciousness remain in a severed human head? You know, I've, I've said mm. this before. Um, what if I were to tell you about the condition known as Atlanto-Occipital Dislocation? Is that a term you've ever heard before? Atlanto-Occipital Dislocation. Dislocation. So are we talking about like the occipital portion of the brain? Uh, not quite. It's also known as internal decapitation. Oh, I have heard of that before. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So uh, a very particular type of trauma injury where uh, the ligaments which connect your skull to your spine are severed beyond repair and you are essentially decapitated. But your, you know, your the the structures of your neck, your skin and, and muscle remains intact. So you know you've got a floppy head syndrome because your head is gone, mate. Your head is cut off, and yet, and yet, while seventy percent of those cases end in immediate death, people yeah. come back from that. I didn't know that. I thought that that was like fatal through and through. Well, you'd think, wouldn't you? I mean, there's a case. Um, Again, very recently, 2018, a man from your neck of the woods, Plymouth, Indiana. By your neck of the woods, I mean America, you know. <laughs> Literally the, the, the other of, side the, of the country. The country of North America. Um, <laughs> a guy, a 22-year-old guy by the name of Brock, Brock Meester from Plymouth. It's another one of those made-up American names. <laughs> it really is, yeah. <laughs> um, but he flipped his car, hit an ice patch, flipped his car, his head fucking smashed into his car window. Oh yeah, uh, causing this condition of being internally decapitated. Uh, so those ligaments that attach your skull to your spine completely severed. What that means is, you know, your head is, for all intents and purposes, flopping about. 
Ugh. Yeah, on your spine. Um, but uh, his he had friends with him in the in on the accident scene. Who the only way of of having a fucking hope of getting through this is to just stay still as fuck. I was gonna say, yeah, this is the kind of thing. That's exactly what when someone's in an accident, thrown from a car, or whatever, and I was like, don't move them. Yep. It's just like just keep it, keep it stable. Mm-hmm. Which is what Jesus. happened to our boy Brock. One of his friends held him down, literally pinned him down, so, so that he, didn't. he couldn't panic move or anything like that. Because imagine being, imagine lying down and trying to stand up after that. If you would, dear listener, oh. please, if you would. That kind of makes me want to vom. Isn't there, <laughs> isn't there a bit in death becomes her when she kind of lifts yeah. her own fucking head up? Right. There you go. That's exact, and, and maybe raises her neck up, and you see the skin of the neck extending. Right. Trans Atlanto occipital dislocation, mate. That's what she was. What got our friend Goldie Horn was suffering from there was it Meryl Streep? I don't know. Um, yeah, the, genuinely, that makes me want to throw up. <laughs> I feel great about that. I mean, it happened again in 2018. A lady called Diane Eubank um, uh, driving an ATV, driving an all-terrain vehicle on her family's property. And... Uh, is that how you, how you think an ATV is driven? Yep. Like a, like a big wheel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but our friend Diane hits a barbed wire fence at speed. The top strand of wire catches her in the throat. <gasps> No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peels back her skin. <gasps> severs. Completely <gasps> severs the ligaments that hold up her head. Jesus fucking Christ. Check this out. The only thing attaching her head to her neck was her brain stem. Oh. My God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh-huh. This may be, honestly, I was not anticipating it, but this may be the topic that has... Uh, grossed me out and horrified me the most of anything we've talked about in 60 episodes <laughs> i both apologize <laughs> and you know I'm, I'm both sorry and pleased oh boy mm. but the, you know this isn't again you know it's my traditional disclaimer that's not why i'm talking about this it's not for shock value i'm not this isn't a, a right. gross out podcast i am fucking fascinated that 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 people can can recover from that and when so she's hanging by her brainstem here what did they what do they do? And with this other guy, do you know how they fixed it? Yeah, I, I actually do. I mean, you the mechanism of repair, it's basically you screw their fucking head back on, you know? Like Frankenstein. Exactly this. You use bolts and plates and screws to reattach your skull to your spine. And wow, the best case scenario for recovery is you get full mobility, but forget turning your head. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I have a hard time turning my head as well. It is, there we so, go. Eh. Um, by all accounts, yeah, uh, it it completely removes any ability to rotate your head on the horizontal plane. You can't turn your neck wow. ever again, ever again. But I guess compared to the obvious alternative, yeah, that could be a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you know, for all of the, for all of science being a miracle, and it is. It is. Mm-hmm. The treatment for for, the, for that condition is screws, mate. Screw your fucking head back right. on. That's all you can it's do. It's just basic yeah. machines, basic mechanical, <laughs> yep. whatever. Yep. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> you know, you can, you can, you can essentially remove someone's head to the point of just their brainstem. 
you can squeeze someone through a fucking 15 centimeter gap uh i'll i'll end by speaking about a russian fella uh a russian fella by the name of uh, anatoly petrovich bugorsky right mm, okay now this guy uh, is still alive still alive to this day he's 79 and he worked uh, he was a particle physicist Ooh, okay. Yeah, I know, I know. Fancy. Very fancy. He worked in uh, Russia's largest particle accelerator at the time, the U-70 Synchrotron uh, in uh, Protvino, <laughs> awesome Russia. awesome name. The Russians knew how to name shit. They really do, they They've really do. They've always known how to name shit. They really do. Um, now, oh man. Our boy, our boy was checking out a malfunctioning piece of equipment when... Uh, <laughs> Safety okay. mechanisms failed whilst he had his head stuck in the path of a fucking proton beam. Oh, yeah, okay. Completely. What? Um, our boy, uh, our boy, Anatoly took a fucking proton beam through the head. What? I, I shit you not. The beam passed straight through the back of his head, straight through the temporal lobes of his brain, through his ear, and out through the left-hand side of his nose. A fucking proton beam. Ghostbusters style. Whoa. Right through the fucking head. Uh, and they, they build them differently in Russia, right? Because he carried on working and initially didn't tell anyone what had happened. Whoa, okay, so what would be, I'm trying to imagine how you could just go about your day. What were the well, repercussions of this, well, this in is, his this, head? This is when it gets gnarly. Um, the entire left-hand side of his head swelled and continued to swell. Uh, skin started to peel away from his face, uh, clearly revealing the path that this fucking proton beam had mm -hmm. burned through his head, his bone, his brain... Um, the trauma wasn't so much of an issue as the radiation involved afterwards. Right. Yeah, that's what I would imagine. And again, Russia's going to Russia, right? When it was assumed that he was for the fucking, you know, when it was assumed that he was a dead man walking, they took him to a clinic so that they could study his demise. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty Russian. So that they could watch him die and, and see the effects that it had on him. Um... But with a big fuckski yuski, he just completely <laughs> recovered. He survived. He's seventy nine. He's now seventy nine. And after when? The how incident, old was he when this happened? Oh, well, the incident was in nineteen seventy eight. Incredible. Yep, absolutely incredible. That's forty two years, forty three uh -huh. years. After which, after the incident, he completed his PhD. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. And carried on working as a as a particle physicist. Wow. It's fucking wild. Wow. Wow. Yeah, man. That's incredible. Cheers, Anatoly. Yes, here's to you, comrade. I mean, you can take a particle beam through the head, cut off your own head. You can smoosh somebody through a fucking tiny, teeny, tiny little gap. But life uh, fucking finds a way, mate. You're here. I feel like that's a good place to... And mine will not add anything to this because those were <laughs> so horrific. Listen, let's end this. This I get. I think. I think this is a very positive place to end on. There's. Don't, That's true. Don't you ever, it actually is. Don't you ever give up. Don't you fucking right? ever ever give up because 
people can survive all sorts of shit. And if Anton can take a fucking sci-fi weapon through the head, mm. what's your excuse? <laughs> here, here. <laughs> I'll take that message. I think I need it mm -hmm. in my life. So, thanks everyone for joining us on this epic Jack of All Graves. We have had a phenomenal time. It's been fun. It's always uh, fun. Talking about all these things. And we are so glad you're along with us on this journey. So, dearest of friends, until next week, stay, stay spooky. spooky.